It's time for Decal Download, your source for news and information from the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning. We'll hear from Commissioner Amy M. Jacobs and special guests to give you an update on all things Decal. This is Decal Download. Downloading now. And welcome back to Decal Download. I'm Rich Griffin, Chief Communications Officer here at the Georgia Department of Early Care and Learning, along with Commissioner Amy Jacobs. We've got some breaking news on this episode of Decal Download. We already have our six finalists for 2020-2021 Georgia's Pre-K Program Teachers of the Year. And I know it seems like you just got to know Jonathan and Heather but we've got uh, we got to keep moving, <laughs> so it's time to begin to select our pre-K teachers of the year for the 2020-2021 school year. That means at this time of year, we announce our six finalists. And um, commissioner, it was a little bit different than it is in previous years going and announcing these finalists. It was definitely a little different. Usually we hit the road and we drive to their school or their program and surprise them with Cali, our mascot and balloons and cake and all kinds of uh, fun and fair. But this year, obviously a little bit different. So we did Zoom calls. Um, But I will tell you that they were just as excited and probably even more excited. They had no idea why they were being invited to a Zoom call by decal. They may have been a little frightened i'm not sure um uh, but overall you know it was it was actually nice and all of this uh public health pandemic that we're dealing with every day to to announce something good and they were all very very excited all right you've got the names there go ahead and introduce us if you would to our 20 2021 finalists Sure. So just as a reminder, we have six finalists. So we have three from public schools, and uh, those are Heather Malillo from West End Elementary School in Rome, Dina Snowden from Demarest Elementary School, and Trisha Floyd from Maxwell High School of Technology in Lawrenceville. And we also have three finalists from our private classrooms, and they are Genevieve Rodriguez from Discovery Point Number 3 in Duluth. I will have to say they're also three-star quality rated. Uh, Diari Moore from the Andrew and Walter Young YMCA in Atlanta. And Alderine Healy from the YMCA Paulding Early Learning Center in Hiram. So those are our six finalists, and uh, there's nothing for them to do uh, the rest of this school year. They'll get back to it um, when we hope we're all in person again in August and go through a few things, and then we will choose our two winners, which usually we announce in the middle of September. Right. Now, these finalists received a $500 cash prize from the Georgia Foundation for Early Care and Learning, which they're supposed to use strictly on themselves. Exactly. So I think uh, that was the most exciting part of the whole phone call. You know, they were excited that they were a finalist. But when Carrie Ashby from our foundation got to give the good news that they were each receiving a $500 check to be used any way they like, uh, that obviously created a lot more excitement. And so uh, that's one of the perks of this. Uh, We're happy to um, do that through the foundation, through the generosity of the Nasserian Foundation. Um, So we were definitely happy to do that. And they'll get some other goodies in the mail throughout the week as well uh, to celebrate. And we want to point out, uh, for those of you that keep track of this uh, kind of thing, we've had two gentlemen to be teachers of the year over the past years. That's Nathan and uh, up from Calhoun and uh, Jonathan from uh, here in Atlanta. And Diare Moore is a man. 
from the Andrew and Walter Young YMCA. He is. We act so shocked because there's just not a lot of men in the teaching field, especially in early learning. And so, um, yep, he is one of the finalists. So we will, we'll see how that goes when we announce our winners in September. Just wanted to make sure that name, if it didn't jump out, you know that as a gentleman. We've got another man in the offing here uh, in the six finalists. Of course, uh, this fall we'll be announcing our winners, one from a public school, one from a private school. And then the stakes get really big. Uh, they receive a $3,000 check for themselves, $2,000 for a classroom makeover and supplies, and $2,500 to cover out-of-classroom cost when uh, they are away. And that's coming up uh, in September, just in time for October to roll around and pre-K week and all of that. So congratulations to uh, all of our finalists. Uh, It is so exciting. And uh, now ahead of you, what all do they have? They've got a classroom observation, I think, a video and a panel interview, if I'm not mistaken. Right, right. That's what I like so much about our Pre-K Teacher of the Year uh, program. It's not a popularity contest. It's really based on uh, who scores the highest on those three things that you just mentioned. So it's really about demonstrating excellence in the classroom. And so um, I always like to say, you know, that's the best of the best when we name our pre-K teacher of the year. So that's what they have to look forward to when school starts back. Right. Absolutely. And uh, just so you know, this is not a popularity contest. Uh, It is very, very stringent uh, and a lot of out of uh, agency uh, judges are involved. um, Folks that are completely, um, objective and uh, bring professional backgrounds into the the picture. So it's going to be exciting. We'll see who our next two are. Uh, By the way, Jonathan and Heather are still very much here. Don't think they're gone. They're going to be with us through the end. And uh, then we bring out uh, our two next winners. But the great thing is this has really become quite a fraternity, sorority kind of situation where they stick together and uh, spend a lot of time together and work on a lot of projects still, our former uh, pre-K teachers of the year. So looking forward to all that uh, in the coming year. And um, as the commissioner said, in the midst of a lot of crazy, uh, here was something very exciting and um, reassuring uh, that things continue to go on. So that's good. Well, all across the nation, COVID-19 has taken its toll on the childcare industry, either shutting down programs completely or reducing enrollment capacity due to CDC and health department requirements. Now, many programs here in Georgia are gradually reopening and trying to determine how best to use federal aid issued through the CARES Act. Here in Georgia, we call that the Stable Grants uh, and Payments. Commissioner, to assist these programs, DECAL and Quality Care for Children have been hosting a series of webinars to help with financial success after COVID-19 and guidance on using the CARES funding. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We are working with Quality Care for Children to host several webinars uh, available to both child care centers and family child care learning homes all throughout the state, uh, just to provide them with additional resources. You know, we we try to provide resources all year long during normal circumstances. Uh, this, This time is a little bit different. A lot of programs are closed. A lot of programs are thinking about reopening. Finances are definitely at the forefront right now, given that a lot of lost revenue has occurred, unfortunately, due to COVID-19. And you mentioned the stable payments, which uh, is our first round of payments of $144 million that uh, will will be available to child care. And so we think this, there's no better opportunity for these types of business and financial support webinars to help programs as they think about reopening and what the new normal might look like. 
Absolutely. And uh, we are recording this uh, podcast on Tuesday, May the 12th. And we should remind you the deadline for the stable payments is this Friday, May the 15th. So uh, don't let that pass without taking advantage of uh, that opportunity. Joining us to talk about the webinars and some important advice for child care programs is Monique Reynolds, Director of Early Childhood Education Business Support Services with Quality Care for Children, and Laura Wagner, Community Outreach and Partnership Director with our Quality Innovations and Partnerships Division here at DECAL. Ladies, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks. Glad to be here. Thanks so much, Reg. Monique, uh, tell us about your role with Quality Care for Children and how you help providers through business support services. Yes, thank you. So business support services are basically designed to give child care owners and their leadership team the business resources and tools they need to sustain and grow their business. A crucial element in my role, which I love, is providing hands-on business coaching, training, and support in financial management. So you're available to them all the time, not just in uh, bad circumstances like a pandemic. Uh, You're there anytime they need to reach out. That is correct. And in your experience, have you ever dealt with anything as impactful on children uh, and childcare in Georgia as COVID-19? Oh, my God. So in my 25 plus years of experience, I've never dealt with anything as impactful on child care as the COVID-19. Of course, we've all kind of gone through the 2008 Great Recession, and that definitely affected our economy. But I feel today there's other factors, not just our economy suffering from this crisis, but our health is being compromised, too. So within childcare, you know, they, they have to think about their loved ones and family members who are affected by this. And there's no clear picture or a vaccine that's kind of telling us how, when we're going to come out of this um, pandemic. So providers really have to think uh, not only for the health and safety of their children, which they have all the time, is now thinking about the health and safety of their employees and themselves and they just don't want to risk the exposure of the virus. That, you're so right, Monique. There's so much to think about. But Laura, how did the idea for these webinars come about and how have they been received so far? Yeah, thank you, Commissioner. And I'll just have to say I'm so excited to share more about these webinar opportunities on this podcast, as well as talk a little bit about how the partnership has developed over the last couple of years, because um, I think that history is important and notable um, to recognize for, for our agency. Um, our business services work actually began under the Early Learning Challenge Grant in January of 2014. And then the fall of 2017, we were selected by FIRST Children's Finance to participate in a collaborative effort to sustain and expand that work. This led to DECAL working in early 2018 to map the business needs of childcare providers, identify available resources, and then also develop new resources. While we were surveying child care providers, we learned many things. We learned that the majority of respondents to our survey had never utilized any service from small business development centers or other state and local business development resources. We also discovered that our respondents needed help with filling child care slots, collecting parent fees, 
managing expenses, and implementing best practices for payroll, taxes, and human resources. And then this information has informed our current business services contract with Quality Care for Children. The work with QCC uh, has previously, as we just discussed, involved some face-to-face -face consulting with a select group of providers with a demonstrated need, as well as some ongoing virtual learning opportunities. But what a better time than now, right, to lean into this business services contract to support providers as they plan for the use of CARES funding through the stable grants. Our decal team has been really grateful to have this existing partnership in place to be able to support child care providers with this uh, very helpful series of training opportunities. And I'll say that these have been very well received. In all, across the four webinars that we've already held, there have been 757 child care leaders to have participated. So we've been really um, inspired by the participation. And we think, you know, of course, that level of participation indicates an ongoing need from child care providers. Monique, I've heard it said that childcare can be a challenging business model in the first place, yet alone when a pandemic comes along and closes schools and businesses. What has the biggest challenge been for childcare providers in this crisis? So, yes, it is very challenging. So the biggest challenge for providers right now is having funds to get through it. Um, most providers are really, even before this, operating month to month, not even having like retirement funds or savings in place. Um, and so they're just really running their program for the love and joy that they have um, to offer their, the children and the families that they want to serve in their communities. So it's not for the money. So they didn't have those type of things in place. So to stop that and have no cash reserve set up is kind of very devastating. So to have funds available like the stable grant really does help providers have that financial relief that they need to get through this challenge right now. One of the things you've been teaching in the webinars is better understanding budgets and allocations. Are there common mistakes you see in this area? Oh, yes. So budgets in general are not something most child care providers want to focus on. Their focus, again, has been providing high quality care. Um, for their children. So when there's a need to look at the budget, the focus is, has just not been there over time. So what has happened is when we're in a crisis, just in general, our, 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 our go-to is just, let me get this done, let me get through it, and then move on. So here we're having to pause, we're having to look at a budget allocation and make sure the funds that we are receiving are allocated appropriately so that we can justify where the funds are going. So common mistakes are just to get through it and not necessarily pay attention to the budget allocation. So in the webinar, we really go into detail and break that down so providers understand how to properly allocate their budget so that they can have a clear picture of how those funds are going to be spent. Monique, for those of us that may not be as familiar with the operating business model of a child care program, what, what are the biggest costs involved in operating a child care program? So hands down, I'm pretty sure every child care provider will say payroll. Um, so a best case scenario would be 45 to 48% of revenue coming in would go towards payroll that will give 
um, most programs, really good operation operational practices. However, we have seen across the board, payroll is about 60 to 65% of their operating budget. So it's just way too high. And again, it's just providers wanting to provide that, that care. So they may send in another teacher or have an enrichment program where they're providing all of the program side, but not looking at their budget bottom line. So definitely payroll is the biggest expense. I know uh, these webinars, you provide an opportunity for questions. What are some of the most common questions you're hearing throughout the webinars? So I'll say lots of our providers have been interested to talk with us about how to best utilize the stable grants and how to best understand the budget allocation process that Monique does a beautiful job of outlining um, in the webinar presentation itself. Child care administrators have also been eager to ask questions um, specific to STABLE, and we've been eager to answer those questions on the webinars, but also direct providers to our FAQ guidance on our DECAL COVID-19 page. And there also have been many questions about the Paycheck Protection Program through the Small Business Administration, and specifically how the STABLE opportunity might complement the Paycheck Protection Program opportunity. And so we've just been been really glad to have been able to connect providers with additional resources, which support the understanding of both opportunities. You know, this is one of those classic situations. You've heard the old uh, line, I'm from the government and I'm here to help. In this case, we really are. We're yeah. from the government, but we're partnering with Quality Care for Children. And together, maybe maybe that buys a little trust factor there uh, when we come in with a partner like Quality Care for Children and say we're here to help. Monique, you work with programs under normal circumstances, like we said, but along comes a pandemic and there's financial assistance now from the government. What should providers be paying attention to as they apply for stable payments here in Georgia? Yeah, so as uh, providers apply for the stable grant, they need to pay attention to the requirements. What are the requirements to get the funds? I absolutely love this grant because it's super easy and very simple. It's nothing complex about it. So I urge all providers to um, go on to the Decal Koala account and, and go ahead and apply. Pay attention to the requirement. It's very simple. They just need their February attendance and their and to uh, put together a budget allocation plan. They also need to get organized and stay organized with their finances. Now is a great time to do that. So as they're applying for the stable grant and they're going to be using the funds, they want to make sure that they're keeping their receipts and keeping everything in an organized manner, um, just records of how the money will be spent. So can you talk a little bit about the other financial assistance that's available to child care programs? I know you mentioned the SBA payroll protection plan, but anything else? And how do you feel about low interest rate loans? Yeah, so I would definitely say for providers right now, they really should be researching and applying for all scholarships and grants right now because those funds won't have to be paid back. Um, they can go to our Facebook page on the Provider Resource Hub. We list a lot of grants and scholarships that providers qualify for, and that's just always great. So in addition to those in the stable grant, um, the PPP is definitely great. The uh, payroll protection plan, there are money still left. So if they can find an SBA lender, this will be a great opportunity for them, for them to pursue that avenue. 
At the very last resort though, if providers really do need some funding, I urge them to speak with an accountant or a business advisor in terms of getting a loan at a very low interest um, if all else fails and just really look at that and see if it's gonna position them better or if they just need to kind of tough it out and get through. Now, I know Monique and Laura both have backgrounds in marketing, and I wanted to ask this question. Is marketing a childcare program in a pandemic different than marketing at any other time? Reg, I think that this is a great question. And I have to say, because these times are so radically different in every aspect of our lives, I have to say the answer here is surely a yes. Um, I'm, I'm certain that marketing will continue to look quite different. But there are a few mainstays in marketing and communications with families in terms of the demand for child care and how, how to address that. We continue to work with Quality Care for Children to maintain our 1877 All Georgia Kids Call Center. And of course, for anyone listening, Georgia, like other states, receives federal funding to support families in their search for child care. And um, DECAL funds QCC to operate a call center which supports family needs as families are looking for child care, even under the best of circumstances. So families from anywhere throughout the state can call 1-877-ALL-GEORGIA-KIDS to identify a child care program that meets their needs and that service is free for families. And this has been a really important partnership right now um, to leverage. It's also really important to talk about our qualityrated.org website as a marketing tool. And it is important for providers to continually update their status in Decal Koala as to if they're open or temporarily closed um, so that families who do visit qualityrated.org can identify an open program for their children once they're ready to search for childcare. This is so, so, so important. Qualityrated.org is the resource that we as a state have leveraged with advocacy partners over the last several years to talk about how families can identify high quality, um, quality rated childcare. And this, again, is a free resource to providers and a resource that we and other advocates will continue to promote to families as they seek childcare. Um as childcare begins to reopen and, and try to just figure things out, I guess we're going to call this the new normal at this point, but there's a lot of challenges and a lot of obstacles and just new things that they have to deal with. Are they usually working with an accountant or a financial planner or do they do this mostly on their own? Um, most providers definitely do this on their own. And um, even the ones that I've run into contact with who who has a, a, an accountant or a financial advisor, they still are kind of not paying attention to their financial health. So I definitely advise providers, this is a great time to sit down and look at their business financial health. So even if they have an accountant, it's still great to sit down and have that accountant explain, well, if they have a profit, why do they have a profit? How does that look? And if they're operating at a loss, what are the steps that they can do right now to fix those things? So it's not just turning it over to a professional who can guide them. It's understanding um, why that professional is telling them the information that they are receiving. So they definitely need to pay attention to their financial health as a business owner. 
Laura, in the almost two years we've been doing this podcast, we have talked a lot about the quality rated 2020 deadline. And here's another obvious question Mm -hmm. from from me. How has COVID-19 impacted the 2020 deadline for providers accepting subsidy payments through the CAPS program? I'll tell you, if you would have told me in January of this year where we would be today, I would never have believed you uh, because we really were making such incredible strides and seeing such incredible progress. Um, And of course, Reg, I'll say for the benefit of those listening who haven't heard about this goal, you know, I think we joked in previous podcasts that we would tell anybody listening about our goal and what it meant, we would tell our, our aunts and uncles over Thanksgiving dinner, we'd tell the mailman. Um, we've tried so hard over the last few years and worked so diligently to communicate a deadline of December 31st, 2020 for all quality rated eligible uh, providers to become rated to continue to receive CAPS um, scholarships. And of course, the purpose of the deadline has been to support providers in achieving higher levels of quality, and also promote access to high-quality care for all children. Um, And as an aside, leading up to March of this year, 99% of children with CAP scholarships were in quality-rated participating programs, which is incredible. But to your question, Reg, however, we were aware that this COVID-19 public health emergency has really brought unforeseen challenges to our state's childcare industry. And as a result, we have chosen to extend that deadline for the 2020 goal. We will communicate a new date for the goal as soon as the COVID-19 emergency does subside. And while we don't want to specify a certain final date at this time, we will guarantee that the new date will be after June 30th of 2021. In other words, we'll extend this date by at least six months. And this certainly should not imply that we have lost sight of ensuring that all children will have access to high quality child care. It's just simply a recognition that many childcare programs are just going to be working so hard to build and maintain a stable foundation for their business right now and, and meet their business needs over the coming months. I could not have said that better myself, Laura. Um, <laughs> Thank you. It, it, you know, I, I have to say, uh, just to piggyback just a little bit on this, providers were making so much progress. And while it's disappointing that all that's been halted temporarily, our eye is still on that that final deadline. And I think providers will come back strong and yeah. uh, we'll have a deadline that works for them. I think they're, they're still in this with us. And I, I think they still all realize how important quality is for for all children. So um, positive thoughts on that and mm-hmm. more information as we assess what childcare is going to look like when, when everybody goes back to work. So just a, another question on the webinars, and this is for both of you. Um, as you've worked through these webinars, what is the best advice you have for providers to make a strong comeback for their businesses and the families they serve? Monique, you want to go first? Yeah. Oh, wow, Commissioner. I love that word, comeback, Um, child comeback. We've been saying that a lot around at Quality Care for Children, and providers really need to just get ready, get ready for that child care comeback, stay organized, and advocate for their industry. They want to reach out to local and state representatives, letting the world know that childcare really does matter. And the goal I will say is for childcare owners to learn the importance 
of their budget, of their financial health, monitor their business financial health on a routine basis so that they can make really good decisions regarding their op regarding operating their business long-term, not just in the crisis, but after we get out of the crisis. And I would say, you know, I, I have to think about this from my, uh, my role with the community partnerships team. And of course, the, the, important work that I see happening at every level of leadership within DECAL is my best advice would uh, be for providers to think of our agency as an ally and the staff that work for our agency as partners as they do prepare to make a comeback. Um, our community partnership coordinators have been reaching out to child care providers across the state uh, to share resources that we do have readily available and also to invite them to join conversations with our team about um, those certain resources that we that we think are really important and meaningful at this particular time. So I think my best advice is um, for providers to understand that they're not alone in this fight and that we are here to support. You know, just so folks will know, uh, we want to give you a quick update on the number of programs that are open. I think at the lowest, we had about 30% of the licensed childcare programs in Georgia that remained open, 30 to 31% maybe. Today, this is May the 12th, 2020, we're up to 44.5% open, and um, that is uh, great news. It's uh, slowly showing uh, an uptick as um, programs are able to come back. And again, we fully support all child care programs in the decisions you had to make during this process of either closing or remaining open and operating under some very, very strict guidelines. But right now, 2,054 programs are open, 2,264 are closed. That's out of 4,318 uh, licensed Georgia child care programs reporting. Uh, and that number continues to grow, and we're hoping we'll continue to see that uh, grow. So, Monique and Laura, where can providers go for more information? What's the best direction we can give them? So providers can definitely reach out at qualitycareforchildren.org. We have lots of information on our website for the Provider Resource Hub, Approved State Trainings, our Facebook group page. We would love to hear from providers and we will help in any way that we can. Again, qualitycareforchildren.org. And I would say for any, any family uh, uh, that's listening to this particular podcast, I think I would continue to reiterate the importance of um, our qualityrated.org site and 877-ALL-GEORGIA-KIDS um, call center and, and helping every family across the state in identifying open child care and, and uh, the programs that you just referenced, Reg. Um, and I, I think um, also, it'll be important for providers to know um, uh, how to touch base with their uh, DECAL community coordinator um, and, and just continue to look out for regular ongoing emails from the community coordinators about resources that are um, pertinent at this particular time. Yeah, great team. And uh, boy, they've got hearts for mm -hmm. children and families and uh, grassroots 
connecting the dots. I, I love our community yes. coordinators. They all do a great job. Me too. <laughs> and don't forget uh, the deadline to apply for stable payments this Friday, May the 15th. I know you'll be hearing this post that date, but what's so important for you to apply, we just want to keep reminding you the deadline to apply is this Friday, May 15th. Well, Monique and Laura have to go off to another webinar, believe it or not. So, <laughs> Number five. They, right. they just keep going. They're the energizer bunny of, uh, of childcare right now. But ladies, thanks for being with us. Thanks for uh, all of your work over the past several days. It is a different time, uncharted waters, all those expressions, but appreciate everything that you're doing. And, and thanks for being with us this week. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Now your questions from the water cooler. Hi, Ms. Jacobs. My name is Tiffany Grendel, and I'm an infant toddler specialist with the Instructional Support Division. So my question is, did you ever think you would be leading a state agency through an experience like this, and what has helped you through this? Well, thank you, Tiffany. Um, I absolutely not, not did I ever think I would be leading a state agency um, through something like COVID-19. Never have I expected this such a thing. And it's definitely not something that anyone could prepare for. But I will say that I, my 20 years in state government, um, I think that has helped with, um, you know, how to work with other agencies, how to work with the governor's office, how to make sure we communicate with our stakeholders, and, and really just the team at DECAL. Uh, that's how we've all gotten through this. We've really worked together as a team. We always do, uh, which is good, but we work together even more as a team during the COVID-19 issues that have arisen that we never expected. So uh, absolutely not did I ever think I would be leading an agency through this, but I will have to say that my decal team has been incredible and uh, we've worked together to make sure that we continue the good work of decal. I was going to say, they say only in times of crisis do you really know the true uh, strength of your team. And I can't imagine a better team than, no, than this incredible. group of people. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're so right. I mean, I always thought we were incredible, but uh, just the way we really pulled together and worked long and extra hours on things we don't really know how to respond to. <laughs> um, I think it's been incredible. I'm just so impressed with how people have um, shifted the, uh, a lot of their responsibilities into different areas, you know, going online, providing resources, doing virtual meetings and webinars. It's been great. So again, Kudos to our decal team. It's not over, but you guys have done an amazing job so far. Got a little time. Let's take one more question from the water cooler. Hi, this is Leslie Truman with Bike from the Start Nutrition Services. I'm the admin assistant. Commissioner, my question is, how have you kept your children active as well as any pets you may have? Well, thank you, Leslie. Um, I do not have any pets except for some goldfish, which don't require much maintenance, which is good. Um, although my children have been begging for uh, some type of pet during all of this, but I put my foot down because I just don't think we can handle that right now. Uh, but, but yeah, but fortunately, uh, my children have really been busy with schoolwork. Um, their school's done a great job of really staying connected with a lot of virtual learning, a lot of um, Google Hangouts and things I've never heard of, um, but they've really done a good job of adapting to that. So usually during the day, they're pretty busy with their schoolwork, uh, which is good. Now, I do feel a little bit guilty. I feel like they're neglected a little bit in the afternoon when schoolwork is done and I'm still working. Uh, but we're managing, you know, just like everybody else, we have good days and bad days. Um, 
school is ending very soon. So um, this answer could change if you ask me again in a few days. Uh, But for the most part, they've been pretty busy with schoolwork. And they're wrapping up uh, what grades? So Lane is ending her first grade year and Charlie's ending his fifth grade year. So his last year of elementary school is virtual. (laughs) Off to middle school now. That's right. Amazing. That's right. Well, it sounds like everything's going great. And um, by the way, she didn't ask this, but how are you handling your husband during the? Uh, so quarantine? that's um, that's more of a challenge because he's really loud, um, and we've had this discussion. <laughs> um, he talks very loud. He walks very loud. Um, he closes doors very loud. So uh, we've gotten used to each other. It, it was definitely. Um, Definitely an adjustment. He's used to traveling all the time. So he's also having an adjustment because he's pretty much grounded until um, at least, I I believe, July. And so uh, we're dealing with each other the best we can. (laughs) (laughs) You can be loud when you travel. You know, you're on the road. You can do whatever you want. All right. Well, great, uh, great answers. And it's time for the Decal Download Quiz, your chance to win a nice prize by answering a question correctly, having your name drawn from all the correct answers. Here's the question from this week's podcast. Monique Reynolds works with which Decal Child Care Advocate? Monique Reynolds, one of our guests today, works with which Decal Child Care Advocate? Email your response to decaldownload at decal.ga.gov. We'll put all the correct answers together, draw out one name, and you'll win a prize. Good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Decal Download. For more information, visit our website at decal.ga.gov. The conversation continues on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and Pinterest. Follow Commissioner Jacobs on Twitter at C-O-M-M Jacobs.